Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and that sometimes messy thing we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Milu, the simplest way for photographers and coordinators to collaborate on shot lists and timelines for weddings, parties, and other amazing events. Visit Milu, M-I-I-L-U.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit PhotographersEdit.com. All right, Boca Podcast listeners, we are back for another episode, a brand new episode, a brand new guest, Ashlyn Cathy. Ashlyn, thank you so much for making time for the Boca Podcast today. Hey, Nathan. I am super pumped to be talking to you. I feel like you're a wealth of knowledge and just to have the honor to be able to share some of myself with you is super special. Well, that, that's very flattering and I appreciate the kind words. I know you mentioned that you listened to the podcast and we probably have some listeners on board that have been listening to the podcast for a bit. And, oh, yeah. uh, and to that point, the, the question that we normally start off our introductions with has to do with brand position. But I have to remind myself because I, I've not been doing a very good job of introducing our guests at times. We kind of just <laughs> jump right into questions. So just very briefly, I have to let everybody know that Ashlyn is a wedding engagements lifestyle senior photographer. And, and you said you just recently moved from Atlanta to Knoxville, right? Yes, I did. So you're, and, and for everybody listening in who doesn't know Knoxville's in Tennessee, I'm in Chattanooga. It's about an hour and a half or so from me. And uh, actually a really great little town. I had the opportunity to race an Olympic distance uh, triathlon a number of years ago. And that was kind of my first exposure to the downtown area or one of them anyway. And it was, it was really cute little town, waterfront and all. I absolutely love it. When people, when I tell people that I moved to Knoxville, I typically compare it a little bit to Chattanooga because people are more familiar with Chattanooga. And so I love, just like you said, this small town feel, but the city feel, we live really close to downtown on the water. So we love the lifestyle, being able to walk everywhere. That's cool. I'm a little bit jealous of that, I have to say. (laughs) And you said that you've got a really busy season going on this year. How many weddings will you shoot in 2019, do you think? 2019 is going to total to 43 weddings. Wow. Typically, it's almost one every weekend. There's a couple doubles. I don't like to take on too many doubles, but 43 weddings this year. Super pumped. We are down 28 already. <laughs> wow. Well, and, and I know that can be exhausting as well. I think the most that I ever shot in a season was roughly 40. And yep. so I mean, that feels like basically every weekend, especially oh, yeah. when they pop up in a row and that can be quite exhausting, but kudos to you for developing a business that has enabled you to, to even have that many weddings. And we'll talk more about your business uh, as we go along. And to that point, again, let's get back to that first uh, most common question here at the podcast these days, which has to do with brand position. I mean, you moved out of a really crowded market in Atlanta, and I'm sure Knoxville has plenty of photographers as well. So of course, one of the big yeah. questions is how do we differentiate ourselves as business owners, photography business owners from our so-called competition, the photographers around us. So I'm curious, what is your business's brand position? How do you differentiate yourself from your competition? Yeah, absolutely. To give you a little Spark Notes version of my brand position, it's driven by three different values. Okay. Those are to love, to serve, and to preserve. 
to love my couples, to serve above and beyond, and to preserve special moments. And that leads to my position in the market, which is also narrowed down into three different categories. Okay. Um, being personal, providing all-day coverage, and having experience in the industry. And so to elaborate kind of on those three points really quickly, being personal simply means to put my couple's needs ahead of any of my personal agenda, mm. um, to recognize their needs and desires, to acknowledge the reality of ego in the industry. Yes, There isn't any room for ego if I'm aiming to experience the authenticity between people. And I can't make it about myself. Intimate photos require the ability to allow myself to sink into the moments along with my bride and groom, just talking about wedding photography specifically. Um, it's a roller coaster of emotions that I have the privilege of being a part of weekend by weekend and photo shoot by photo shoot. And just knowing that marriage is a unique team, a covenant team where both players are uniquely committed. And that means I am too. Mm. And so to go to the second point of all day coverage, it's pretty simple, pretty straightforward. I wake up thinking about your day and I go to bed thinking about your day. So why not be there the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a really interesting perspective, actually. Do you, yeah. see, um, do you see yourself being able to maintain that all day coverage for the long run? Because I know having shot you know, 12, 14 hour days, how exhausting that can be as well, especially when you're shooting 43 weddings in a year. Absolutely. Is that something that you feel like you're going to be able to sustain for the long run? So right now it has been a very tough year because I can be tired because of travel. And so mm. when you work a 12, 14 hour day, typically it's between 10 to 14 hours. But just like you said, is it sustainable? I don't believe 43 weddings, full day coverage a year is sustainable, but I do know that my full day coverage will remain. Okay. I'll just take on less weddings. <laughs> totally makes and, sense. I mean, I need some weekends as well. <laughs> so you mentioned the the importance of being personal, removing ego, which is something we've talked a good Absolutely. bit about on the podcast. And, and, you know, I don't know, maybe there's some projection going on there because I know that my ego has gotten in the way of me living my best life and me being my best, the, the best version of a business person or entrepreneur For that sure. I can be. So um, it's very personal to me, but I also see it in the industry and I think it needs yeah. to be addressed. Um, so removing ego and focusing on the, the couple, our clients, the subjects, and removing our, I love the way that you put it, remove the, our agenda from the picture. I think that's really important. Yeah. All day coverage. And then you mentioned the significance of experience. Talk to me about that. Experience in the industry allows me to be consistent and provide quality work. It also gives me contacts and resources to provide to my couples, whether that's a florist, a band that I really enjoyed, a coordinator that I loved working with. Um, a lot of brides and grooms will come to me even before they book to ask me, what venues did you like? What time of the year was it? Things like that. And so learning those and having those tips and tricks up my sleeve from what has and hasn't worked in the past just adds to that kind of edge that I've got. And so I've listened to my bride's needs and discovered that these things are essential to the success, the success of how I shoot. Um, my current business model is definitely based around references and referrals. Yeah. I'm largely referral based because of that consistency. And mm. my past clients are just confident in referring that. Wow. That's interesting. Okay. And, and, yeah. you know, I mean, this is not a, a new idea as far as business is concerned, <laughs> provide an incredible experience consistently, Clients are naturally going to refer you, but I, I like that yeah. that is a front and center focus for you. I want to go back though for just a second. So you, you mm -hmm. what you started with was essentially your mission, right? To love, to serve, 
to preserve. I mean, we could probably spend a whole podcast talking about those <laughs> principles. And I love that that is underlying what you do. And we talk about the significance of, of why we do what we do here on the podcast and how that drives or should drive um, certainly what we do on a personal level, which then trickles down to our business, the business model, how we engage with our clients. So I, I love that you're starting with that. When it comes to brand position, just to kind of push back, because I want to I want to kind of get your take on this. When when it, yeah. when we talk about the idea of being personal or offering all day coverage or even having an experience and letting that play uh-huh. into the experience that you're providing for your clients, these are all principles that are not necessarily unique. There are other photographers that are doing it. Part of brand position is being kind of the first or at least the loudest um, when it comes to communicating the significance of this type of service that you offer. But then the other is, of course, the uniqueness factor too. So how do you, sure. uh, do you find in your local market, particularly in Knoxville, that there are not many photographers that are either A, communicating these principles or even, I guess, ultimately implementing them in their business? I've got to say, we've only been in Knoxville for about a year now. So we moved here last July And getting to know other photographers in the industry in this area specifically has been a little tough so far. Um, I'm out of town almost every single weekend. And so getting the ability to even grow relationships here um, has not been fruitful. But that organic reach of having uh, referrals and being just the word of mouth that spreads. I've booked three weddings in this area just based organically off of that um, for the year 2020. That's pretty cool. But yeah, those things are super important when it comes to letting people know. So let's say someone just organically comes to my website off of a Google search, Knoxville Photographers. Most of my bookings happen through a word of mouth. And then they come to, let's say, social media, Instagram, and they can see a little bit behind the scenes. They can see what other people have said. They can see recent work. And then that, that leads them to the website where they can inquire. Those different things kind of lead to that organic reach in my market, which is a lot of the Southeast, um, not so much specifically Knoxville at the moment. Yeah. And you said that you had to travel to Atlanta. I mean, the majority of what you're doing right now, I guess, is still remains in Atlanta or is the clients that you booked in Atlanta. So you're having to travel a lot for that. I can imagine how that gets in the way a little bit of, of being involved in the networking events in Knoxville and that kind of thing. But it's a relatively small town too, especially in comparison to the Atlanta market. So hopefully you'll have the opportunity to be able to connect pretty quickly there. Absolutely. Now you mentioned experience. So talk to me first of all about how long you've been in professional photography. And then I'd be curious to know, especially for the sake of our listeners, what the most important lesson is that you've learned thus far as a photographer. It's almost been a decade, so I'm going on awesome. year nine. Wow. It's, been, it's been awesome. I say decade. I mean, the first photo shoot, I made enough money to you know, buy ice cream for all my friends back <laughs> in high school, but um, <laughs> it's been almost a decade of getting to work with people yeah. and getting to do all sorts of different types of things. But I have two different pieces of advice. Um, one is to beginners and one is to those who've been in the business for a while, if you don't mind me yeah, sharing please. two of those things. So To beginners in the photography industry, I'd say time and consistency are your friend. And I know you've heard this over and over again, but you'll be able to tell if your passion can turn into a purposeful business by giving yourself the time to grow and keeping your feet wet with consistent work. Hmm. I mean, it's kind of like the gym. So you go to the gym and it takes consistency to build, uh, let's say, a a form, a body form or build muscle or 
or build the ability to run a long distance. And so just kind of paralleling to that in the photography industry, give yourself the time and give yourself that consistent work. It takes a lot of dedication and sacrifice. I can't tell you how many photo shoots I did for free when I first started just to have that experience and portfolio under my belt. And I'm sure you've been there. (laughs) Well, for sure. But, you know, I really love this because uh, and, and again, I'm guilty of this, so I can very much relate, but it's it's easy to try something once or twice, three times, maybe even five times and be like, ah, oh, you know what? That's just not for me and move on to the next thing because sure. it, we live in this this culture now, which I mean, we're, we're very privileged to, but we have kind of infinite numbers of choices and there's all this conversation about do the thing that you're passionate about. And so people get, I think, stuck in their mind this idea that this, if this thing doesn't feel good immediately, well, that's just not for them. And the reality is sometimes you just need to put in the time. So the the significance of time and consistently show up for that thing. And you know what, after you try it for a year and it's not working Uh or even six months and it's not working, okay, maybe there is an opportunity there to shift to a little bit different model or to try a different service or whatever it might be. But to, to try something once or twice and just write it off is to put it very frankly, flaky, and, Absolutely. Um, I, I think that we need to be willing to put that that time in. This is actually a conversation that I was having with my son um, just recently because he's been torn. He's just literally today actually starting his senior year of high school. He's getting ready oh, to go awesome. to college and he's thinking about what to do as far as a career. And I encouraged him, you know what, just stick with, you've got this idea, go that direction, stick with it for a bit. And at some point, if you need to course correct, that's okay. But you got to yeah. put the time in and the effort in and, and show up, as you're saying, consistently in order to really make an intelligent decision in that regard so many times. And uh, so this is a great reminder. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And personally, doing things, I mean, if I look back at my work 10 years ago, it I mean, hopefully nobody's listening that. <laughs> worked with me back then. But I mean, it. I thought it was amazing yeah. and that's good, but and good in the moment. But when you look back, you just see how far you've come. And so it's important to just, yes, stay passionate, but also stay pur- purposeful. Mm. And so I, my purpose was to love, just like going back to this brand position, to love, to serve, and to preserve. And so since my purpose has and always been to love the person in front of the camera, to serve them the best I can and to preserve these special memories, whether it was graduation or an engagement photo shoot or even babies. Those are the things that allowed me to be dedicated and to sacrifice different things to get to where I am today. So absolutely, just like you said. Yeah, time and consistency, but driven by purpose. And again, it goes back to that idea of uh, of oh, having yeah. an underlying why, a mission that ultimately, I mean, you're talking about this idea of loving, serving, preserving. This goes beyond yeah. you, right? It's not about how you feel and your agenda. It's about helping somebody else feel better, taking care Absolutely. of somebody else. And and that is bigger than yourself. And that is a bigger purpose that will drive you beyond however you feel in the moment um, to stay consistent. So this is a great lesson. So you said time and consistency. And, and I think you were directing this more toward beginner photographers that are just uh-huh. getting started trying things out. What about for the more experienced photographer? Yeah, what you just said actually is a perfect segue into what I want to let someone who's been in the business for a while know. So this means you've nailed down your processes, your editing style is killing it, you've been published a few times, and the list (laughs) goes on and on. But don't forget to take the time to be inspired and to learn new things. For instance, if you feel dry and stuck, it's probably because you are. I've learned to keep fuel in my fire 
by turning each wedding day and each photo shoot into simply being inspired by those on the other side of the lens that I'm getting to serve. So try to get inspired by the people. I've told myself that if my company is becoming about the photo, for instance, like the end product or the magazine cover, then I've totally missed the point. Just like you said before, it's so much more than the photo. The end product and the creative juices it takes to create that end product is important. But there's another bar that I believe our wedding industry should focus on reaching. And that bar has to do with people. Mm. And so one of the things in my prayer and hope for couples is rooted in pursuing their marriage to be more beautiful than their wedding day. And that's all started in the connection and the willingness to learn. Wow. You know, I have to say, I mean, I'm listening to you talk here. You're a really wonderful communicator. Oh gosh, um, I do not feel that way, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's very concise and to the point, and and ultimately, a lot of that is rooted in the fact that you've taken the time to think these these ideas out. And I love that you're very clear about what is driving how you run your business. And this is a great example for all of us. So so kudos to you for that. And I also appreciate you sharing those pieces of advice. Let's talk about time. I know that you're married and Uh running a business, being married uh, simultaneously, this can be a bit challenging, especially when it comes to kind of stepping away from the computer and making time for your significant other. You're shooting 40 plus weddings. You're traveling a lot. How do you make time, just some space for yourself, for your mental health, physical health, uh, but ultimately also for your significant other amidst running a business? Do you have a particular workflow tip or trick here? I do. And it's two words that I'm sure you've heard before. Time blocking. Yes. (laughs) So I time block days of my week and I also time block the week itself. So when it comes to days of the week, I mean, take Google Calendar, put it on your week view and then break down what you're doing hour by hour. It has helped tremendously. Wow. You're saying hour by hour though. That's, that's quite detailed. Meaning like, let's say the first hour of the day is emails and then the next three is editing and calling. And then you have 30 minutes for lunch, things like that. Okay. And so breaking that down, instead of telling myself, okay, by Friday, I've got, not only do I have two photo shoots I need to be at, but I have two gallery deadlines, three proof galleries due and a wedding. And instead of telling myself that all of that's due by Friday and lollygagging on Monday and Tuesday, because I'm tired from the weekend before, if I will schedule out my days, I will be 10 times more effective because let's say I meet my editing goal an hour ahead of time. I'm like, okay, I'm killing it. Like, let me start on the next task. And then because everything's scheduled out, I'm able to bring so much freedom in that aspect. And then, so that's time blocking the days of the week and then time blocking the week itself. So I work six days and then I rest one day, just honoring that Sabbath day. And that's been a game changer. I haven't done that, but maybe for the past two years since I've been out of college. And so getting those work those work kind of hours in on those six days and then allowing myself the time to be inspired, to go for a walk, to rest on that seventh day gears me up for the next six days. Yeah, that's good. We've got to make that time too. And, you know, I mean, as much as we do talk about this concept of time blocking on the podcast, it's, it really can't be repeated enough because the the, the thing that I've found is that photographers, and I think maybe not just photographers, people in general, for whatever, despite the fact that we have this, this wonderful tool, which is very simple to use. It's built into our phone. It's a calendar. Mm -hmm. We can add an event there and ultimately commit to whatever is in that time block. Uh, A lot of times people don't take it that seriously, right? So the the idea that you say, Hey, let's, let's go spend time together. Let's, let's set a date night. Let's go have lunch together. Let's do coffee 
um, they're not willing to commit to that. And it really yeah. does take, I mean, it's a simple commitment, I think, but it's a commitment nonetheless. We put it in the calendar. And, and what I'll say is that thing goes in the calendar and that is like law, right? That's absolutely, yep, that, yep. that thing is <laughs> happening. But we need to do this with our schedule too. Even if it's not down to the hour, if, if it's the half a day, or as you were saying earlier, a few hours at a time that we're blocking those segments off. And not only that, we're doing that consistently through the week. So you don't end up, uh, as you were pointing out, Ashlyn, on Friday, where you know this thing is due and now you've got to rush to get it down. You're, you're yep. breaking it up through the week. You know you're being productive and then you don't end up stressed out when that thing is due on the day of. And uh, oh, yeah. so this is this is really, really good advice. And the last thing that we want to do, I, I love this word, is to lollygag. Yes. <laughs> At least most <laughs> of the time. Sometimes it's fun, but uh, that's so great. Good, good reminder, good advice I for mean- all of us. As an entrepreneur working from home too, I mean, there are so many other things I could be doing. I could look out my office window right here and see that, hmm, I need to mow my grass or that bush is way overgrown. (laughs) Different things that I could convince myself that need to get done right now. But if I've already laid out a schedule day by day and I can get those things done if I'm done with the other tasks earlier. And that allows, I mean, especially since you brought it up, um, my husband. So one of the things is my husband right now currently is a PhD student at UT. That's one of the reasons we're in Knoxville. So he's pursuing his PhD in finance and I'm over here running a photography business. And so as far as time together, we have to schedule that in too, because he's studying, he's in meetings, he's in classes. Um, I'm on the road and same thing at home in meetings and in editing and calling. And so we have to really work on scheduling that time for really anything and everything. I literally have to schedule when to eat or I won't eat. <laughs> yeah. Which so, sounds crazy in some cases, yeah. but I mean, it's, it, it literally is, is the life of an entrepreneur. And then when you have yeah. family, it really does sometimes take that, that proactive effort to schedule uh-huh. time to do things. And I think that's important. I mean, I share a calendar with my kids, with my girlfriend. She and I don't live in the same house. So, uh, uh-huh. and she's got two kids as well. So our, our schedules are extremely busy. We need to schedule. In fact, we were just, we're having a conversation today about our, our date nights now that school is starting. Yeah. Um, you have to schedule that time. You've got to be proactive in that. And, and it, it's really not that complicated at the end of the day. You just need to do mm-hmm. it and then follow through on it consistently. And that's really important. So yeah, again, thanks for the great reminder. Talk to me about an impactful business or self-help book that you've read or listened to in the last few years. that's really made a big difference in your life. Yeah, there's a podcast that I've listened to recently. It's called Behind the Scenes Podcast with Jeremy and Audrey Roloff. Um, This is something that I've been following while I've been on the road. And they're an entrepreneurial husband and wife who work together. And they interview a wide range of people on topics, things like setting goals and making decisions, um, marriage, running a business from home, setting boundaries, pursuing Jesus, Enneagram experts. I mean, all of the above. And I just love dipping my toes and my mind into different waters and learning things. Mm. And I just highly recommend Jeremy and Andre and their perspectives and the way they communicate and who they interview. So I love it. It's it's called Behind the Scenes again. Behind the Scenes. Okay. I'm going to have to look that up too, because that sounds quite intriguing. And I I like the variety of topics too. That's really great. Yeah, same. Perfect. We'll link to that in the show notes. And by the way, for everybody listening in, Boca, B-O-K-E-H, podcast.com. Just recently, I have to point out too, for our listeners who've been engaging with the podcast for some time now. We we updated the homepage of the podcast so it's easy to find 
topics around certain categories. But then if you get into the individual episodes, there'll be show notes to go along with them. Haley does a really great job of putting together detailed show notes. So that's links from the episode to products or services or otherwise that we've discussed um, to the books that we discussed, or in this case, the podcast that we've discussed. And uh, also notes from the, the talking points of the podcast episode. So make sure you take advantage of that because it's a really great resource at bocapodcast.com. And we'll all also link to Ashlyn's website, Ashlyn Cathy, A-S-H-L-Y-N-C-A-T-H-E-Y.com. And it's ashlyncathy.photo on Instagram. We'll link to both of those in the show notes. But let me jump to the next question, which has, this is kind of a fun one that we do. The most unusual item in your camera bag that enables you to be a better photographer. Doesn't have to be a camera, lens, flash, (laughs) or otherwise it could be something just totally random. What comes to mind? Oh my gosh. How do I choose? Um, (laughs) I think the thing, I'm going to pick what's been most helpful. Okay. And have you ever heard of a spider belt before? I have. Yeah. Okay, so this has been a game changer for my back and my shoulders. Yes. At first, I was like, you know what? I don't know. It kind of looks a little nerdy. You know, I like the other, you know, leather straps. It looks a little more trendy. But let me tell you, this Spider Belt dual camera holster has been a game changer on wedding day. Granted, your feet already hurt from being on them for so long. Right. And so now this is just putting all of that weight onto my hips and it works just like a belt and it's easy to clip the camera in and out. They don't go flinging everywhere. If the cameras maybe had been hooked around my neck or something like that, if I'd been down to fix the bride's dress or things like that, let's say I'm climbing on rocks um, to get a good shot. I just clip it right onto my hip and it stays close. And I really like that tool. And it's been awesome. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So we'll link to this in the show notes as well. Yeah. I I do remember I had a tendency as a photographer uh, and for those listening in or maybe new to the podcast, I shot weddings for over 10 years and the, Mm -hmm. the tendency or what I tended to do, I guess, in most cases was to, to just handhold a camera and I'd hold on to it. I I would switch lenses out, but the convenience, the idea of being able to just slide one camera with one type of lens in the holster and then reach for the other one on the other side and not have to worry about putting that in a bag or over your shoulder with a strap. That sounds wonderfully convenient. For sure. And I have a strap that's on my wrist. So it's kind of on the back of my palm um, when I hold the camera. So it's a, it's that added level of protection, but it's totally locked in when I slide it on my hip. And I love that feature. I love the ability to be able to do that. Absolutely. Well, we'll we'll link to that in the show notes as well, the spider holster, and uh, y'all can check it out if you're not familiar with it. Let's get to our our primary topic for today. And we talked about the significance of being purposeful earlier. We're going to talk about a purposeful wedding photography timeline, which is quite interesting because naturally wedding days are hectic and and (laughs) chaotic. And then trying to collaborate with everyone on something like a wedding day timeline can be chaotic as well. In fact, I know I just briefly alluded to you, uh, Ashlyn, and leading up to our conversation today, but we're actually in the process right now. In fact, by the time this episode comes out, we will likely have launched Milu, which is a, a timeline and shot list management tool for photographers and wedding coordinators. It enables them to easily collaborate on something like a wedding day photography timeline. Because I know like from past experience, and even despite the fact that we're living in 2019 with all this crazy technology, the typical approach is like the email, endless emails back and forth uh-huh. with clients and coordinators <laughs> and updating Word docs or maybe Google docs. And it's just not very efficient. Um, no. So I'm curious from your perspective, your experience, what was the, 
What was the experience prior to coming up with this workflow, coming up with an efficient way to manage this wedding day timeline as a wedding photographer? Did you ever see any really crazy situations? I Okay, so luckily, a lot of my wedding days have been absolutely phenomenal, regardless of what happened. Okay. There was a wedding day that I experienced that didn't go as planned. And it went way not as planned. (laughs) Um, So the miscommunication came, started in the beginning of the day when the hair and makeup planned to be two hours behind schedule. And so they were two hours late. This is two hours that my bride and groom are missing out on photos. And so I can't take photos of the bride until the bride is ready. And if she's two hours late because of the hair and makeup team. Um, That's making, that's delaying her pictures. And so just a quick story, bride didn't get dressed until about 30 minutes before the ceremony. And we had planned to take most pictures before the ceremony, meaning all of the bridesmaids, um, bride individuals, groomsmen, groom individuals, things like that before the ceremony. So all the photos had to be taken after the ceremony. The only thing I was able to get to before the ceremony were the groomsmen, but Keep in mind, this is a wedding later in the year. So we're running out of daylight. And as a natural light photographer, you're just hustling to fit everything in before the sun goes down. Um, And so we still took absolutely beautiful pictures. But instead of giving, let's say, the array of different backgrounds like I usually like to have, I was only able to use a specific spot on the property just to save time walking in between locations. And so... That is one of the things that one of the days that the wedding day, because of the timeline, just didn't quite go as planned. <laughs> well, and that's something that we run into quite a bit as, as wedding photographers. Yeah. And and I think, you know, I've said this before, I think on the podcast, but I think wedding photographers and a really good wedding photographer is probably one of the best photographers period out there because mm-hmm. we've not only do we, uh, you know, are we architectural photographers and lifestyle photographers and portrait photographers and photojournalistic photographers photographers and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and the list goes on maybe, but, but then we also run into these situations where we have to flex and we have to go with the flow and, yes. and not let stressful situations overwhelm us. I mean, this can be really, really challenging, but the flip mm-hmm. side of that is we can be proactive, right. And coming yeah. up with a, a more efficient way to approach managing a wedding day, a wedding timeline, let me ask you this before I know that you're going to share a few of kind of the biggest problems with the way that photography timelines are currently executed and, and what the solutions are to those. But do you what percentage of the weddings that you work on involve a coordinator versus you being the photographer and the coordinator? Luckily, about 95 percent of my weddings have a coordinator. Okay. So praise the Lord for that, <laughs> um, because I know what it feels like to be the one there that's um, telling the DJ where to set up and yeah. how centerpieces look. <laughs> and so, yes, about 95 percent of my days do have a coordinator. So that rocks. OK, well, so that that helps provide context to yeah. what the information you're about to share. I'm I am curious to get your take on kind of the biggest problems with regards to the way that photographers approach the photography timeline. You know, you you mentioned something that's really important that's worth reiterating here earlier, which was um, the significance of not letting our agenda get in the way, right? So the photographer is not coming to the wedding day to kind of impose their will on the wedding day. We're there to photograph, but we also know the clients want certain photographs. And and in many cases, they want us to demonstrate our photographic style through their wedding day. 
Um, so how do you how do you address these or what are the problems, first of all? And then how do you effectively address the problems with this photography timeline? Absolutely. And before I tell you that, I'll just let you know why a timeline is so important um, before I kind of break down the problems that I've seen. Yeah. So living in the moment means leaving time for those moments to happen. And so allowing yourself the time to hug grandma as she walks in the door versus running to our next photo location allows the freedom to just be on Mm. wedding day. It allows the room for those intimate moments to really be felt. (laughs) And so I like to bring up a few points to my brides when talking over their wedding timeline, because it may seem long on paper, but one, the day will fly by. Yes. Two, Most wedding days don't go exactly as planned. And three, we want to make these moments fun. Why not build in time to enjoy an extra mimosa with your girls rather than being emotionally frazzled about a silly photo schedule? (laughs) So those are that's kind of why a timeline is so essential, especially to the way I approach a wedding day. Okay. Um, Leaving time for those moments to happen. And so there are three different things that I've seen with timelines in the past and I've grown to know and experience with. One is a miscommunicated desires. Two is coordination. And three is not having a plan B. And so we'll just start with one. Yeah. Um, I've seen a photography or the photography, especially wedding industry, has had a major shift in the past few decades. I don't know if you've noticed this as well, but it's gone from... 50 posed photos for the wedding album to a whole journalistic approach to the wedding day. I remember looking at my parents' photo albums <laughs> and I see the cutting of the cake and the kiss at the altar and yeah. some family photos, um, maybe the bridal bouquet and things that those pictures kind of posed pictures, but photography as a whole has become this journalistic thing. And I'm, I was thinking, I was like, well, what has fueled this fire and digital photography for one, having the ability to take a bunch of photos instead of with film, you're limited. You can only take as many photos as you have in your pocket. And then things like Pinterest and social media have fueled the fire to this journalistic approach too. You see, oh, that moment, that first look with the dad sounds fun. Or I love that picture, first look with the bridesmaids. And so these desires have kind of come to the surface and it is so important as the photographer to understand what my bride is expecting Mm. and communicating what she can expect based on what she wants. And so let's say she has 12 bridesmaids that she wants to have professional hair and makeup done with one stylist. Well, they can't start getting ready at noon. That's just not going to cut it. (laughs) We need to know what the bride is expecting and how I can build that into a personalized timeline for her. And so the first problem is those miscommunicated desires um, and then coming up with a solution. I'm at the age of a lot of brides that are getting married. So I've had the opportunity to talk to a lot of friends Mm. that have just recently been married or are looking forward to getting married um, aside from people who are clients. And I've felt a lot of times in the past, I've had brides go, well, I wish I had more time for pictures of just me. She kind of threw me in front of the camera for a minute or two to just get a few pictures, but I didn't really have time to feel beautiful in front of the camera for those moments. And so knowing things like that, knowing the comments that other, especially brides have made, I know what I can offer to my brides that come to me for photography. I can say, you know what? If you want some individuals of yourself aside from a bridal session, then let's let's build in time for that. 
on your wedding day. And let's give you the time to relax and breathe through that. And so that's definitely number one is those miscommunicated desires. And number two is coordination. Just like we talked about having a coordinator there on the wedding day, but it's super important to make sure that all the vendors are on the same page. So one of the first things I ask my couples is, do you have a coordinator? AKA, am I going to be the coordinator on your wedding day? (laughs) Even if they do have a coordinator, I like to uh, just take a few extra steps. I like to call the florist. Um, I like to say, hey, do you have a few extra blooms or uh, pieces of greenery that I'm going to be able to use for their detail photos? And what time are you planning on arriving so that I can plan for that? And I can call the videographer and say, hey, are you planning on doing any type of interview with the bride and groom? What time of the day do you like to do that? So then I can build around that and then make sure that the bride knows these different things. And she's hired me to take the photos that she wants. And I can just, as the professional, communicate how that can be done because she has no idea. She just knows she's getting married. Um, She's taking a few photos. Wedding days fly by. Even if she's been a bridesmaid in the past or a guest at the wedding, if she's never been the bride before, she just simply doesn't know. And that's where I'm able to step in and help her out in those decisions. And that comes to our third point of if you don't have a plan B, it becomes frazzled. Something I always make a mental plan B in my head. What if it starts to rain? What if a button on the dress breaks? Do we have time? Absolutely. I build in buffer time. So I guess just a real life example of this is an hour before the ceremony is when I like to be done with all photos. A lot of the venues and the weddings that I shoot, this is different for photographers across the board, but I'm consistently shooting 150 to 200 person weddings. And this means that you're going to have early guests. You're going to have guests, um, family that shows up early. And a lot of my brides like to be hidden before the ceremony. So in order to make that possible with certain venues and everything happening in one place, she needs to be hidden at least an hour before This gives me the opportunity to capture ceremony decor, um, reception details, the cake, things like this. And so that hour buffer also gives me the opportunity to work different things around in the timeline. Let's say if it rained and I wasn't able to get the groomsmen photos, well, we can move the groomsmen into that hour. And so instead of building the timeline where everything's happening one after the other, this has been a super beneficial way to make sure the day is fun and flows super smoothly. So the fruit of experiencing hundreds of wedding days and knowing what works is just this. Wow. Well, again, you're a wonderful communicator. I love how concise you are. And just to go back over them one more time, miscommunicated desires. I mean, the the significance of managing expectations proactively. And, Mm -hmm. And I like the way that you phrase it, communicating what you can offer. Yes. Making sure that the that the client understands what it is that you can offer. And then, of course, making sure that you understand what specifically it is the client is expecting, that there yeah. is actually a conversation in that regard is so important. And this cannot be stressed enough. So that's great. Coordination, communication, proactive communication, again, with the coordinator. And I mean, we, could, we could use the word expectations here again, too. But especially if you haven't worked with that coordinator before, mm-hmm. truly making sure that you're on the same page, sharing the shot list with them effectively, and and then having conversation about whether or not that that shot list works with the timeline and vice versa. It's so important to be, again, set ego aside, be open to collaboration and figuring out how everybody can work together the most effective, uh, in the most effective way. It's so, so important. And then 
not having a plan B. And ultimately, we're just talking about the need to have one, right? And I like yes. this. I think that's really, really so great. And I mean, this can happen. I'm curious, do you have leading up to that wedding day, if you're coming up with a plan B, have you taken the time to go scout that location in advance so that you know, hey, if it doesn't rain, I can go here. But if it does rain, I can go there. Or do you do that the day of? Exactly. So, you know, what's rare is me working at the same venue twice. I feel like the Southeast is so packed with wedding venues. It is so rare that I'm at the same venue twice. But if I haven't been there before, I will go pick out spots. I will go pick out spots one if there's rain in the forecast. So is it going to work inside or not? Is there an awning that I can put them underneath? Um, And then especially with sun. And so I can get online and look at what other photographers have done with the venue. And I can tell where the sun is going to be at a certain location. And I can tell where shade might be. And those are super, because let's say I show up at 10 a.m. I'm not going to know where the sun is at at 4 p.m. And so, um, yeah, having these things up my sleeve and having that in the back of my mind is a game changer with making the day flow smoothly and not being frazzled. If I'm frazzled as a photographer, the rest of the day is frazzled with the bride and the groom. I mean, if I'm, if I'm even keeled, if I'm going confidently in a direction, people will follow regardless of what's going on. And so that's all my attitude needs to be is kind of calm and collected and it's (laughs) be okay. (laughs) That's wonderful. And that's really a great way to sum up our conversation. We really, it's honest to, to lead the way. Um, when it comes to the wedding day and helping set the tone. And uh, it is so, so important to keep that even-keeled mannerism and largely what enables us to do that is having a plan B. And also, I mean, along with that, that so-called plan B could also be, or plan C or D or E or F too, is just having the technical know-how to handle a difficult lighting situation if it does shift. Um, if, if we've planned ahead and we know where the shade is, that's great. But then maybe the light changes further or it starts pouring down rain and all five of the locations that we had planned as possibilities oh, yeah. are out the door. Now <laughs> we've got to go somewhere else and we have to use the light. Um, yeah. Having the technical know-how to be able to handle the situations too means that we can go with the flow. And I, I love that analogy of you know the, the stone being thrown into the pond. And instead of the pond breaking, you see the yeah. ripples from it, but then it goes even keeled again. It goes soft again ah, and smooth. Yes. That's the kind of approach we should take. And uh, this is a great reminder for all of us again. This has been a wonderful conversation, Ashlyn. Thank you for making time for the podcast. And if you will, just one more time, remind our listeners where they can find you online, your website and social media, both. Yeah, absolutely. So you'll find most of my recent work on Instagram, and that's at ashlyncathy.photo. That's A-S-H-L-Y-N-C-A-T-H-E-Y.photo. And then my website, as mentioned before, is just ashlyncathy.com. Perfect. This has been lovely. Thank you so much for making time for the Boca community. Thank you for letting me speak into it. Thank you so much for listening to the Boca podcast. Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Milu, the simplest way for photographers and coordinators to collaborate on shot lists and timelines for weddings, parties, and other amazing events. Visit Milu. M-I-I-L-U dot com. This podcast is also brought to you by Photographer's Edit, 
custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit photographersedit.com.